You're listening to the Broadway Podcast Network. Visit bpn.fm to discover more. Most enterprises use disparate systems to manage spend. The result? A reactive manual approach. CFOs and controllers, you deserve better. You deserve a unified spend platform from Brex. Brex makes it easy to proactively control spend with cards, spend management, travel, and bill pay in one place. You can create budgets with controls built in, track and adjust in real time to keep teams accountable, and automate compliance to close the books faster. Ready to control your spend with one unified platform? Visit Brex.com. In this past year, as most actors and artists were forced to stay at home, we found new ways to keep creating. The most obvious is the explosion of Zoom readings and productions of both new and existing works. Others discovered this medium of podcasting, and in just one year, the number of podcasts doubled from one million to more than two million podcasts. But in today's episode, in honor of Pride Month, I'm talking with two women who set out to explore a relatively new art form, the podcast musical. Hello, I'm Patrick Oliver-Jones, actor, singer, and host of one of Feedspot's top 25 theater podcasts. Here, I talk with fellow creatives about the realities of a career in the performing arts. This is Why I'll Never Make It. Welcome back to another episode. I am so grateful to have you here. That website is whyillnevermakeit.com. There you can sign up for the monthly Win Me newsletter, as well as find out how you can support this podcast and get members-only episodes. All that and more at whyillnevermakeit.com. Every year, one of the biggest podcast conferences is called Podcast Movement. And in just a couple of months, I'll be heading to Nashville for this year's conference. But last year, like so many gatherings, Podcast Movement was a virtual conference. And it was there that my husband connected with two female podcasters who were fundraising for a new original musical. With his help and a lot of hard work, they met their financial goal, and this summer, The Flame Podcast Musical is debuting on the Broadway Podcast Network, which happens to be a network I was hoping this podcast could one day be a part of, but that's a why-I'll-never-make-it story for another day. In the meantime, I am so excited to have the female duo Ellie Bridgeta and Lee Holmes Foster with me today. They are the creative force behind the Flame musical. My name is Ellie Bridgeta. I play Jamie, who is our lead in the Flame. I also am the music arranger and co-creator of the Flame. Um, my day job is a very difficult question. I am a, <laughs> I'm a freelance musician, so I teach, I work on our podcast, Let's Hang Out, and I also sing in a wedding band. Hi, my name's Lee Holmes Foster. I play Heather in the show, who is Jamie's best friend and works at the bar with her. And I also am the composer for The Flame. And my day job is I am a scientific account manager for a biotech software company. 
These two ladies have such interesting day jobs that I'll certainly be asking them more about that. But most of our conversation will be talking about The Flame, its themes and messages, what socially distant recording is like, and the hurdles they faced in bringing their show to life. But before we get going, here's Lee with a brief synopsis of their musical. The show centers on Jamie, as, as Ellie mentioned, who's our lead. Jamie is, runs a queer bar, and we find out in the first episode that they are being evicted from their space, courtesy of the daughter of the man who owned the building, who has just passed away recently. Despite sparks flying between them, they are now stuck in this situation where one of them is kicking the other out of their very, very happy gay space. And we try to navigate that. So it is very rom-com-y. We are very upfront that it has a happy ending because we think, especially for queer people, that is important to know going into the story of navigating through each of their personal stories around uh, this bar and what it means to both of them. In addition to Lee and Ellie, the whole cast of The Flame is amazing as well. Led by the wonderfully talented Jen Colella from the hit Broadway musical Come From Away. Also, Jasmine Savoy-Brown from the HBO drama series The Leftovers, and Shalina Kennedy from The Band's Visit and Beautiful also star in this podcast musical. And at the end of the episode, I'll be playing one of the songs from the first episode of The Flame, sung by Jen Colella. So please stick around for that. All right. Well, Ellie and Lee, it is so great to have you both here. I'm really excited about our conversation today. We are too. Thank you so much for having us. So what was it that instigated the two of you working together and creating The Flame, the musical? Lee and I have actually been working together for four years already before we created The Flame. Our initial was at a women's acapella festival in San Francisco. So we both bonded over our love of music and our love of all things lesbian. And so we decided we were going to start a podcast called Les Hangout. Um, and we've been doing that for four years. And then it sort of morphed into, hey, we like talking about these things, but we also love music. Let's write some songs. And when I say let's write some songs, I mean... I said, hey, Lee, do you want to write a song? And Lee just took the challenge on and has really like become an incredible composer after four years of just like working on silly songs for our podcast. We decided, hey, let's write a full length musical. And why now not? we're here. Why not? Yeah, why not? <laughs> And so how has this writing process uh, been different? You know, because obviously most musicals are stage productions, but this is geared toward a podcast. So were there different elements or different writing process for that? Yes, yes, certainly for us. Um, as Ellie mentioned, I mean, we've been doing the music we do for the podcast is it's just the two of us. Um, we write songs for that that are based on queer movies or films, shows, you know, pairings on shows, things like that. And it's usually just the two of us doing a duet. Uh, Ellie will do the whole arranging and producing still, but it's typically, you know, either instruments that she plays or MIDI instruments. Um, and we just kind of make, you know, make songs to include in the podcast. This obviously is a whole different beast where you're writing for an entire cast uh, and an ensemble. Ellie's been recording an entire pit orchestra for us this entire year. 
pretty much um, one and, by one and, too like i'll yes. have like one person at a time to build this pit orchestra for the other uh, whole year we wow. like to show a picture of her friend alan and say he's our string section because you know he'll record i mean so many tracks for each song on multiple instruments it's been wildly different than anything we've we'd done up until now I bet, I bet. And so were any of these characters or storylines that you've written, are any of them taken from personal experiences? That's a very good question. I do feel like Lee and I wrote this story because we wanted to have this rom-com. I do feel like some of the characters, as we've started to write them, have turned into people that we know. Like, well, for me, I personally actually relate to the character that I'm playing a lot. <laughs> Jamie, but there's also this character, Joe, who's played by Jen Colella, and she's my one of my favorite characters in the entire show, but she reminds me of so many people you see. She's the bar regular who's always at the bar. She's always the life of the party. She's definitely inspired by that, like, larger-than-life friend that you have that, like, is chaotic, is crazy, is fun, but has a heart of gold. So I feel like there's a lot of people that I know personally who remind me of Joe. And I think Joe will resonate with a lot of people because of that. Yeah. And I think also just in a general sense, like a, a more overarching sense, the story itself is not based on a specific experience, but I think is just based on the experience of as queer people watching queer bars and especially lesbian bars just sort of continue to dwindle uh, across the country um, that that as a story, it was why we decided, you know, when we first sat down and said, what do we want to what do we want to write a musical about um, that? That's what we landed on, because it just felt like it's real, it's relevant, it's important. Um, and so that was something that we just wanted to, you know, wanted to tell a story about. Yeah, so let's talk about the casting. I mean, you have some wonderful talent in the show, and and you had mentioned Jen Clella, the you know Tony Award nominee for Come From Away. Now, did that add extra pressure or nervousness in creating the show? <laughs> <laughs> Nervous? What? What? <laughs> Never. Um, Jen and Shalina came on board um, pretty early in this whole process, and they actually came on board before I had finished writing most of the songs for either of them. <laughs> So, um, you know, as a budding composer, is that the right term? Uh, I think that's good. There's... I constantly am telling Lee she needs to own her composer, <laughs> like, self. Yes, but I'm, I'm working you on are it. a new, you're an up-and-coming composer. A blossoming composer. A blossoming <laughs> composer. So, yeah, I mean, you know, suddenly being handed, like, these voices and that level of talent, I had a, a number of weeks of just, like, oh, that's, this is, it's okay. This is fine. I can, this is okay. This is great. This is fine. Um, just sort of on a loop. <laughs> <laughs> just a little nerve wracking. Yeah. That's definitely, I can agree with Lee's sentiment. Um, I mean, we're also, you know, we're doing, recording all of this on Zoom as well. So it's very like virtual, but also intimate. So we're doing like a vocal session just with Jen in her apartment, like, we're we're very new to writing musicals. This is the first musical we've ever written. So there is this like this expectation from us to be like we want Jen to feel like we are professional. Like we are at the level that you are, but we also have this other thing that's like we've never been on Broadway. Like we've never directed a Broadway show. So it's also just this like are we doing this right? Are we uh are we making her feel 
uh, as comfortable as possible, but also like as confident as possible in this project. And so I definitely think those are things that are running through your head as you're like running sessions and like sending over music and like demos and just <laughs> luckily uh they've jen and shalina who are our biggest broadway people have been so kind through the whole thing and so they've been very they, they're so incredibly talented it's not hard <laughs> to be like hey sing this thing and then they sing it and it's perfect um but there definitely is is an anxiety that oh maybe it won't be before you sort of realize like these are just people who are talented and who are doing their job and who want to create something amazing just as much as you do so with their experience i'm wondering is there a bit of like they kind of took you under their wing like okay we've done this before we know you're new here's how this can work was it a collaborative back and forth with uh, uh with them you know it's funny because i'm gonna say no and i don't i mean not for that to to sound bad about them at all but i think that the reality is i don't think any of us knew anything about doing this like i i think ellie and i knew the most about how to handle remote uh, recording setups just because we've been doing the podcast. And since Ellie and I live on opposite coasts, we've always done Let's Hang Out remotely. Um, we've recorded every single one of our guests remotely. We've never had anyone in a studio or, you know, any of that. So we're, we're, we know enough about how to do this, but it's different to recording someone as a guest on a podcast versus doing a music session for a musical, you know, like that's, that's different. And so I think. Ultimately, we were sort of the people who knew more about that coming into the project, but it's been just a whole new experience, I think, for almost everyone involved, really, to to navigate through doing the, the voice sessions and the music sessions and getting all of the sheet music, getting the scripts, getting, you know, making sure everyone has access to everything and has what they need and everything is set up, doing um, recording setups, navigating everybody's different equipment, everybody's mm -hmm. different softwares. And so, yeah, it's, it's, I think it was a learning curve all around. <laughs> yeah, I think everyone's a bit out of their comfort zone on this project, even Broadway people. Now, I'm curious, how has the musical changed from its early inception to what you have now? how has it changed? I mean, Lee and I started with a, a Google Drive document, which we will look back at every once in a while and sort of laugh. Um, to be honest, we I think we had a really strong vision from the beginning. Once we like we did like one big brainstorm, where we were like, here's all these characters. And here's the storylines we want. And we I feel like from the moment we landed on, okay, it's going to be at a lesbian bar, and it's going to be this love story. It hasn't really changed that much since then. One of the things that is sort of funny, though, is that Joe's character, because um, Joe's character was meant to be the love interest of Sam's best friend, and she still is. So Joe and Mel have this side love story. Joe in the original was supposed to be um, on the construction team, like one of the contractors who was like going to come and like <laughs> demolish the bar. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and so there was going to be this like construction worker contractor who also was gay and was like, oh, I don't actually want to, you know, I don't really want to tear down this place. But and then there was going to be a whole little love story there. And I feel like everyone loves a good, you know, lesbian carpenter, but Woman she in turned, a safety vest. Yeah, she yes. turned into one of the bar regulars. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, maybe uh, the sequel. But we'll that might that might honestly worker. be the biggest change from like the first 
first iteration of like a beat sheet through the plot um yeah not honestly not a lot has really deviated from kind of that initial plan how about the songs lee i feel like we we did add a few songs like there were some songs we really knew we wanted to have from the beginning and then some that we added yeah, some of that as because um, we did work with uh, one of our uh, other executive producers is our scriptwriter, um, and I think as the script kind of came together, like we had a rough outline of where songs were going to fall, um, and some of that got a little clearer as we sort of had someone just to help you know help set up the which what was going to happen in which episode, help develop some of the characters' voices a little bit, like kind of really narrow in on who they were as people. So yeah, some of the songs kind of either either migrated a little where they were, which changed a little bit of, of exactly what they were getting across. Um, and then some of them were just, you know, oops, we wrote an extra ballad <laughs> for Jamie. <laughs> so put it in somewhere, right? Just we'll fit <laughs> so, so it somewhere. It, it has to yeah. be in there. Um, and it's probably one of my favorite songs in the show. So thank you for oops writing that song. You're welcome. Oopsie. You gotta love those <laughs> accidental creative moments. Yeah. So you've written this out in episodes. Is there like a complete script and then you broke it up or did you write it with, uh, you know, a 30 minute segment in mind and then the next one, the next one, how did you break it up like that? Yeah. I mean, we wrote the entire story and then I think we like divided it more into episodes. We tried to pick where our, especially as a podcast that's coming out every week, where are those cliffhangers that can keep people wanting to listen to the next episode like we when we sat down to with our writer caitlin who is like writing all of our dialogue lee and i had already had okay here's what happens from the beginning to the end and here's what's happening every single point in between um and we sort of had it on like an act one act two divided um because we ideally want it to be as long as a traditional musical so if long term if people really love it we could put it on the stage or we could make a movie or we could do other things with it so we we had act 1 and act 2 and then we sort of divided from there where the the big beats were and one of the basic rules of writing is to write what you know so why was it important to the both of you to have a lesbian story at the forefront of this musical form <laughs> Do we know it? Is that something that we know? Well, uh, we do. We definitely say. know it. Do you know any lesbians, Ellie? <laughs> I know lots of them. I've heard of them. <laughs> no, I mean... Not for was, musicals you haven't. <laughs> yeah, it was 100% like intentional for us to have a very, very, very LGBTQ-focused story, LGBTQ-focused musical and like we said like there are two leads is a lesbian storyline but we also have a bunch of other identities represented lee's character is actually aromantic and that was really important to lee to include i mean to both of us to include but i know lee you were the one who first brought that up you know i mean i think it's something that when ellie and i look at um we spend a lot of time on our podcast talking about media and representation and things like that um, we have uh, a friend just that we had had on the podcast that we heard on another friend's podcast and things like that, who is a romantic. And it kind of brought up this um, other idea of like, what are other identities that just don't have any representation, you know, at the end of the day. And so it was something that we wanted to do was to see how, you know, what can we fit in? <laughs> we have an eight person cast. Um, it's obviously going to be very, you know, like queer women heavy, but, um, but we can, you know, we have the, we're writing it ourselves. We can decide what these people 
are, what their lives are, what their stories are, um, what perspectives we try to represent and, and what stories we try to tell. And so it was just something that, you know, we we wanted to kind of push as much as we could for just more representation. I mean, obviously, with eight characters, you're not going to fit in every identity Everyone, across the yeah. board. But, you know, what fit in the story and what could we kind of get in there? Right, because the you know the word queer, lesbian, these are adjectives, but by no means describe the whole person. There's many different uh, definitions that they can be depending on the person. Yeah, we have many different lesbians in this story. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, and that's the thing is that like we wanted our characters to not be tokenized by their identities, right? Like, of course, like their identity is a huge part of this show because it's like set in a gay bar. It's all about the like family that you build with other people who have the same identity as you or similar identities so like you can't if you took it out of the show it would not be the show would not exist it would not be the show it would just be like how to lose a guy in 10 days i don't know like it would (laughs) it would just be another straight rom-com um but like if you have every single character who's a part of the community and they're the main characters you have like ways to develop them rather than having them be the supporting characters who you barely hear about. Now, the musical theater community is certainly one that that is both friendly to and well represented by the LGBTQ community as well. But what do you want those outside the musical theater, the LGBTQ, what do you want them to take away from the flame? Oh, gosh. Um, I mean, A, some some really fun songs. <laughs> <laughs> I think the thing that we wanted to do with the show is to make it accessible. I mean, obviously we're writing it from our perspective and we're writing it, you know, specifically to to provide representation, but we want it we wanted it to be a show that everybody would enjoy. And I think that to take from that specifically that you can engage with and listen to and enjoy uh, a story even if you're not the main character, there will be people who will love this musical who are straight because it's just going to be fun. And I think that there will be parts of the story that they'll still like relate to, even though they'll be relating to a lesbian character, the same way that most queer people grow up relating to media that doesn't represent us, um, you know, for most of our lives. I mean, I think that that's something that we're sort of hoping to. And I think also just telling the story of, you know, these are queer spaces and they are important to these people. And there's a whole mix of people. There's all sorts of different types of people. There's not, here's the one token gay in the cast, you know. Um, I, that's at least, uh, that's what I would say. I don't know if you want to add on to that, Ellie. I mean, I think you said it really well, but I do think it's just like, there are universal themes in the show that I think will resonate with everyone, which is like from Jamie's perspective, the main character, she's just like constantly searching for love. Like she wants to love somebody and she wants to be loved. And I feel like every person in the entire world can relate to that. Just of like having so much love to give and just wanting to give it to someone and receive it back in the same way. I think everyone can relate to that. And in the same way that I think everyone can relate to that chosen family, chosen family is a really like LGBTQ idea, but I feel like most people have chosen family, you know, like my mom's best friend, Fran is my quote unquote aunt, right? Like, She's my mother's chosen family, and they are two straight women who have chosen each other to be 
their support, right? So I do feel like there's, you can all relate to like wanting to help the people in your life and wanting to preserve the community that you've created. I think that's like the overarching thing that everyone can relate to. Absolutely, because it's whether it's the LGBTQ community or like for myself, uh, theater folk have kind of become my my extended family of siblings. And, you know, mm-hmm. you, you have your good days and bad days with them, just mm-hmm. like, you know, your actual family. So, yeah, it, it really is important to find those of like mind, those that you can trust with your, you know, with your inner selves and that you mm-hmm. can be as true, as open as you can be with uh, with those kind of people. Couldn't have said it better myself. <laughs> and this musical podcast is a uh, is a production of it's an, an association with your other podcast. Let's hang out. Now, do you see the flame as as an extension of those kind of episodes and conversations that you've already had on the other podcast? Um, I think it's more just this is it's something that we want to do, um, continue doing. And we just thought it made sense since we uh, were forming like a, an entity as the podcast in general to sort of have this be an offshoot of we now are a podcast who also produces musical podcasts. <laughs> so it's not directly related to the Let's Hang Out, like the episodes that we've had. Um, I think it's just sort of an extension of, you know, Ellie and I as a business venture. <laughs> It's a furthering of of that message and that collaboration. Yeah. So then do you see other musicals or other types of entertainment productions down the road? Oh, there might there might be some more down the line, you know. <laughs> we might have some ideas kicking around already for for what's next, you know. It's we don't we'll have some time until we probably really get rolling on it, but yeah. um yeah, I mean we're we're absolutely we want to do at least, you know, we want to do another one. We will probably want to do more after that. We've just, we've had so much fun doing this. Um, and we're so happy with how it's coming together. Like we're just, I think we're really proud of what the final product is going to sound like. We like the experience. We'd like to keep doing it. Uh, and we like our little team that we've put together. We're trying to not get too ahead of ourselves, but we also like have, since we started the podcast, like every year we're pretty much like, all right, we're going to do this and we're going to do this. Like we always have something new sort of churning in our brains. So of course we have, like Lee said, we have all these ideas and we're excited about the future, but also for now, like we're very, very excited about this one project. So we're like, let's see how much we can do with this, with the flame. And then hopefully, like Lee said, like I have, we have very good feelings, but hopefully people are going to love it. I really think they are. And probably they're going to be like, when's the next musical and right. then What's we'll be next? ready exactly exactly <laughs> because something that you had to go through for this podcast was raising money you know getting capital and asking people for money which is not always uh easy to do i, I imagine that that was uh difficult in some respects especially for something new that both of you hadn't done before yeah it was it is not something that we had done for our podcast because you know most of our um costs for the the show that we make just the two of us are pretty low um and yeah it was 
it was an experience to crowdfund a whole musical of this of this size. So ideally, we will not have to do that in the future, but at least we know we can. <laughs> and, and we learned a lot about how, because <laughs> it is it's not easy. I mean, crowdfunding is is not an easy thing to do. It's it's exhausting. It is a very much full time. We don't realize like how every day you're just reaching out to people. Yeah, because it really is its own thing. But, you know, it's one thing to create something artistic, but to market it and get people to see it, want it, pay for it, that's a whole other thing. Yeah. Agreed. And that, I mean, I know this podcast is called Why I'll Never Make It. <laughs> but I'm like, I do feel like that's a, a huge part of why, like, it's very, very hard to be a performer and to be like, it's not just, oh, hey, I... I have talent. Look at me. It's like, I have talent. Look at me. Let me tell you why you should pay me for that talent. You're constantly selling yourself, which I think is a, a, a whole full-time job in itself on top of just creating the thing. So you are, you are so, so right on that. Now I want to talk a little bit about each of you individually. Lee, you had mentioned a certain day job. Now, I've had a few PhDs on the show before, but they've mostly studied theater, psychology, but you are certainly my first one to hold one in chemistry. So, so <laughs> what does your left logical side of your brain think of all this right brain creativity? I think that it's just been really interesting. You know, I think as Ellie mentioned, like, how I kind of fell into this particular venture um, felt like a, a journey, but it wasn't a very long one. <laughs> <laughs> so, I mean, it's not like there's ever been a huge disconnect for me. Like I grew up with, um, you know, grew up in musical theater. My parents have always acted and my whole family sings. And um, I've always had an interest and a passion for music for you know all of that stuff and um but I until a couple of years ago like when Ellie you know first mentioned um hey we want to do some music on the podcast like why don't you write a song for us and I said I've never written a song <laughs> um and yet here we are you know so I don't I don't know I mean I think it's just it feels like a very funny thing that that has probably just always been there kind of somewhat lying dormant. Like it's not like the music part of it is new. I just, I'd never really tried for all of this, this much of it, I guess. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's, uh, it's, it's interesting when something that we're, you know, that we think of as, as either a hobby or just something that is an interest over here, then all of a sudden gets plopped in our lap and we actually get to do it. We actually get to work on it. It's been an adventure. It's an adventure I'm still working on, I think, because I do. I. It's weird to take um, something that's always been there, but that's never really been something that I consider like this is part of me and my identity and who I am. Like, it's not like I would ever introduce myself to someone and say like, oh, yeah, I write music. I I'm a composer. That's it. They're like they're not. Those aren't terms that that feel familiar to me as as a way to see myself. Um, and so it still makes it 
interesting in some ways because I think the imposter syndrome part of it is is super real and super present still and I'm still sort of trying to navigate that without um, just constantly constantly downplaying myself <laughs> in every situation um, Ellie's just nodding at me because she watches me do it all the time <laughs> well because I've been telling Lee to own it like I said because it is like when Lee's like I don't think of myself as a composer and I'm like, well, okay, what's the criteria for a composer? Would you say writing 25 songs is something like that a composer <laughs> would do? <laughs> like, you know, like, it's a lot of music. It's like a crazy amount of music that some like, new songwriters haven't even writ written that much music yet. And they're like, I'm a songwriter. You know, like, yeah. so you have you have it to back you up. I know we've had a busy year. I know. <laughs> like, it's a lot, a lot of music to write. And it's really catchy amazing songs like I will always just pump Lee up but like she is an incredible songwriter and maybe it's not her full-time job but that doesn't mean that like she doesn't have incredible talent of course and, like, and is... definitely after the flame once it's released Lee you can no longer say budding or maybe you, <laughs> yes. you... I have to get new business right, yeah, cards yes. yeah on one side it'll have PhD in chemistry the other side I write songs yes exactly <laughs> Now, Ellie, speaking of music, you and I both have a background in acapella. We've done acapella choirs in college, so that's something that uh, that we both did nice. and have a love for. And so tell us about Clear Harmonies and what you do there. So Clear Harmonies is what I do recording under, and I do acapella recording. So that was my first big thing that I really started doing after I graduated from college, that was like my first career goal. I was like, I'm going to be an acapella recording engineer. And that's the thing I'm going to be. And I went for it. And I am it. That is a very specific <laughs> um, genre of music to be like, very, I'm going to Very, very specific. <laughs> very specific. I think it was because I, like, like you, I did acapella in college. I was the music director of my college group. I loved it. Like, we went to ICCAs. We won our quarterfinals. Like, it was like this, like big, big part of my life. I also was in Cape Harmony, which is an all-female professional acapella group nice. over the summer. If you've heard of Hyena Sound, they're like, the, they're the female version of that. But so acapella was just a huge part of my life. And I was like, well, how can I make money doing this? And recording is one of the bigger money makers in that space. Not that it is a large money maker. Um, <laughs> but in terms of like what people are paying for, People are going to pay you to come record them because that's a skill that most people don't have. Right. right? Um, so that's why I wanted to go into that. And then as that has progressed, I've just become more just of a more well-rounded recording engineer, which is why like I love working with Lee because like I also love arranging like for acapella. I would love arranging acapella songs. And then once I started working with Lee, she would write a song and I'd be like, oh, let me arrange this. And wow, I can use all of these instruments. I don't have to just use voices. <laughs> but was there ever a thought that The Flame could be an acapella musical? No. <laughs> <laughs> no, not even close. <laughs> we both love acapella music. I feel like that's, it's especially not for this show. I don't think it's what we wanted. We wanted this to feel more familiar because it's already a podcast musical is a new thing to begin with you know it's not a format that really exists very readily um yeah i mean there's been a, a handful that have been made and so i feel like that would be taking it 
even a farther. niche within a niche within a niche. Like we can't, <laughs> yeah. too, we can't it's a little it. too many levels of niche in there. So I think we wanted this to feel familiar enough for people to kind of wrap their heads around what a, a podcast musical is. But you know, it's it's nothing against. I mean, we both love acapella music. I just I, I think it's not what we wanted to do for this one. Right. Right. Yeah. Well, it's been wonderful to talk to you both about The Flame, and I can't wait to listen to it. So thank you so much for joining me. Thank you so much for having us. Yeah, thank you for having us. To learn more about Ellie, Lee, and The Flame, you'll find links to them in the show notes. Thank you so much for listening and joining these talented ladies and myself for our conversation on Why I'll Never Make It. If you know someone who you think would enjoy or benefit from an episode like this, then please share this podcast with them. Well, I'm your host, Patrick Oliver-Jones, in charge of writing, editing, and producing this podcast. Dylan Adams is the booking producer. Incidental music in this episode provided by Bortex. Why I'll Never Make It is a part of the Helium Radio Network and a member of the Broadway Makers Alliance. All right, as we finish out this episode, as promised, here's one of the songs from The Flame's first musical episode. This is Jen Colella, along with Lee, Ellie, and The Flame Ensemble, singing Keep It Lit. Listen, Jamie, do you hear that sound? You should have known the gays would never let you down. When you need someone to jump your car or save your legs, Hear them gathering the fems and butchers Cause they know you fight When you've got something good You've got to hold on tight To what is in your heart The battle's about to start Like the Olympic torch We'll never let it go out We're gonna fight the forces That are holding us down We'll keep it lit Never quit, quit, quit. We'll never let the flame go out. This place, our home, I see. 
Hey, it's Leslie Odom Jr. here on the Broadway Podcast Network to tell you about the RISE Theater Directory, a program of maestro music. RISE is a national online resource designed to connect and empower backstage and administrative and creative theater professionals from underrepresented backgrounds. If you work or aspire to work in the theater community, this can help you find your next project. And if you hire theater professionals, search the Rise Theater Directory to find your next team. Create your profile now and get more information by visiting risetheater.org. That's theater with an R-E-R-I-S-E-T-H-E-A-T-R-E dot org because only together we rise. <laughs> 